Poetic Properties is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex, the poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. This week was in Sane. I think it was this week. Um, I don't know if it was this week or last week. But anyway, somebody came over to my house, um, tripping on my kids, talking about my kids were throwing rocks at them um, because there was some response involved. Um, I'm a chill on the 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 vo- the full details, but some neighbor. Um, came over, said my kids were throwing rocks at, at the car, and they messed up the car, and I'm just, like, confused. Like, bro was pounding on my door like he was the police himself, and I'm just like, yo, what's going on? He was talking to my kids crazy. Um, one thing led to another, police was called, and it just was really weird because I don't I don't bother nobody. My kids don't bother nobody. And um, I'm not one of them parents that are like, yo, my kid just tell the truth. Right. But I am a parent that uh, I enforce accountability and I'm here literally 24 seven. I work from home. So I'm like, how, you know, um, what time do they throw these rocks? What kind of rocks? Yada, yada, whatever. So it was it was crazy. Um, Like I said, police was called. Um, They interviewed the kids, interviewed me. Charges was. uh, Yeah, they interviewed me. They interviewed the kids. Um, I let them in the backyard because I just, I don't want nobody bothering me. I don't want to feel unsafe. I don't want my kids feeling unsafe. I don't want to have to deal with, oh, that house on the corner is trauma, uh, is drama or, you know, negative or whatever. And so I let them in the backyard and they, they looking for whatever they looking for. And um, the lead officer, he's like, they don't even have the rocks in this backyard that were thrown at the car. Apparently, Apparently, the police was already called like two, three days ahead, and I didn't answer the door, something like that. But that particular officer came over, and I'm trying to explain to him, like, I have no idea what's going on because nobody's ever said nothing to me about rocks, yada, yada, whatever. Um, yeah, it was just a it was just a crazy situation for my kids to have to be a part of. Um, and I'm really trying to teach my kids peace and, and accountability and stuff like that and not to to lash out. But this is one of those situations where, like, I would have lashed out. I'm not even going to hold you. Um, but, yeah, that bothered me. Um, and if anybody uh, if anybody knows or anybody follows this podcast, uh, you know, I already lost a child. And I don't I don't play that about protecting my kids. And I kept telling the officer, even when the dude was like before everything went left. Right. Um, I was like, do you have proof? He's, he's a white guy. And clearly, you know, we're black. And he was like, who else could it be? Now, I do my best to keep my kids away from racism. I keep my my best to keep my kids away from ignorance. Um, I don't talk to nobody's kids. Like, if I think somebody's kid did something in his life or death, yeah, I'm going to say something. But if I have access to your parents, I'm definitely not saying nothing to to no kid about anything. Like, because I need to speak to your parents. It was just, it, it, it was crazy to me. And then to come to find out, you know, I don't even have a rocks in my yard that my kids were so-called throwing. Like, it was frustrating. Um, but I handled it to the best of my ability. Um my kids handled it to the best of their ability and we good um, in that in that aspect. But I know that it, it makes them look at the neighbor differently. Um, just them having to experience just being black on a corner full of white and Hispanic people like, yo, like, what do you what do you mean? Who else could it be? Like, that's a direct form of racism. So the cop was like, um, the cop was like, you know, if you want a restraining order, yada, yada, whatever. And I'm like, bro, listen, let me tell you something. If he's going to come over here to have a conversation, like him and I, like human beings, then I don't really care. But all that rah-rah he was on and, you know, talking crazy to my kids and, and just being disrespectful and racism is not going to fly. He's going to keep on getting the same response. 
that he got for being racist and putting his hands on me that that's just going to be the response. I said, so if he's want to be civilized, that's a whole different story. I said, but I'm letting you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue to be the response if the aggression is there. Like, I, I try to tell people, I'm, I'm healing, I'm not, I'm not a punk. I'm chilling, I don't start violence, I will finish it, though. Especially if, it's, uh, if, it, if it means protecting anyone, but let alone my kids. And this is the wrong month to be bothering me and my kids, right? This is the wrong time to be trying to put my kids in danger because um, this time of year is just intensified. I already lost a child. And so anytime I feel like there's any type of danger or could be any type of danger against my kids, I'm going to the extreme immediately. You know, so hopefully, you know, he he learned his lesson to leave us alone if it's not a positive situation, because uh, I'm, I'm going to take it there every time. Every time I'm going to take it there for my kids, I'm going to take it there. Um. And even with that, even with the kids seeing me be very protective and handle a situation and. Um, like I said, I took them to the side, like, yo, like, y'all did that? Like, y'all was throwing rocks? Like, were y'all throwing any rocks? And they're like, no. And I'm like, listen, the police are now involved. So at this point, like, I'm like, if there's any trouble, it's trouble. So if y'all did it, you know, just let me know. And they're like, no. And again, I'm here all day. So at the time frame that the kids supposedly did it, I'm like, nah, because like, I'm, I'm here watching, like, I see my kids. Um, but even with that, man, the, the kids still tripping. They work in my my very very last nerve with not understanding the frustration I go through with them not listening. Right, I know the older two, they're teenagers. They find they're finding their way with certain things, um, and I don't bother them a lot. And so it's like, excuse me, I don't bother them uh, uh, with a lot of stuff. It's it's literally stuff for them. To know, you know, when they get out on their own, just behaviors to have, behaviors to look out for, and stuff like that. I'm not a tyrant at all. Like, and that's, that, I think that's high key. The problem is because I'm not a dictator in no way. Like, my house is very free flowing, very um, let's have communi- open communication and understanding. Um, I'm not, I don't put my hands on them or anything like that. And like I said, I don't argue with nobody. So I'm not up in here yelling at them, but, um, they about to make me restore the feeling like just to, just to see if it's real, because I, I take it as, as blatant disrespect when I ask them to do certain things and then they just, just completely don't do it. And so, um, we have been having these conversations. Like I said, this has been going on ever since. Ever since their mother told them her involvement with them stresses her out or triggers her depression, so whatever she said to them, ever since then, it's just been hell in my house, just trying to find even ground with four teenagers trying to find their manhood or testosterone going in, in me, right? And they like always say, I get it. You know, I'm the one that that's here. I'm the one that's listening. I'm the one that, you know, help trying to help them through it. So I'm going to take the brunt of it solely because I'm the one that they have to talk to. But to a certain extent, you have to have some type of compassion and empathy for uh, what you're dumping on me. And expecting me to just, you know, be okay, right? And as a parent, I think we get lost in that. Like, we're supposed to be there for our kids, like, all the time, right? But you don't get to... You don't get to dump on me, ask for understanding, then when I help you through understanding, still be on some bullshit with me. Especially when you're not mad and or bothered by me, right? Like I, I, I've, I stopped because I, I, I saw that it was kind of frustrating then when I would kind of be the mediator and try to say what I think their mother meant instead of just letting them rock it out. And I think they I noticed that they was getting frustrated with that. So like I I had to I'm not the mediator no more. So I let them feel how they feel. But like I said, it's just it ever since like that was like three months ago, it's just been really, really crazy as far as the conversations that we have and you know, the blatant disrespect. And I'm just like, yo, enough is enough. Because 
I put a lot to the side for them. And I want to be very, very clear. Um, they didn't ask to be here, right? So I'm not one of them, you know, you owe me. I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. I'm not, I'm not that type of parent. They, they did not ask me to fuck Rob. I enjoyed it. I did it. Let's rate it one through 10, right? Um, but it doesn't give them the right to be as disrespectful as they are sometimes to me. And it's so weird to me because they outside, like everybody in the world, like they're like, oh my God, your kids are so blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I wish them kids were came home. I wish those were the kids that I dealt with at home, but I understand because that's like, like it's code switching, right? You, you have to, when you are in public spaces, you just have to make sure you don't go to jail. But when you're home, you're your freest. My thing is be free without disrespecting me. My thing is be free and let's have our conversations and, you know, let's let's try to fix it for real. Like I told them uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday we had a, a very, very long conversation. And at first it was just going to be a conversation about um, me starting to date for real. Right. Like date with intentions, date with like not on some I'm just trying to have sex type deal or I'm just trying to travel, but like an authentic like dating experience with intentions. My kids have trouble with that because of the relationships that I was in, right? Um, one bad, one bad, one good, but it still affected them the same. Because again, I'm very open with, with my kids and, and, and what be happening in my life. Because again, it's something that affects them. And my thing is, if it affects them, I got to say something. And so this week has been crazy on my mental because I've been feeling like, like I have that urge that I just, I'm ready. Right. I'm fully, I'm ready. Like being alone is dumb. Like I, I did my time of trying to understand healing, um, loving myself, um, learning what I do want, what I don't want stuff like that. But I'm very big on not disrupting my children. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it is, um, because I, I pride myself one in not bringing a lot of women around them. Like they don't like. They know they outside of their mother. They know two people. Right. And I pride myself in that because I don't I, like I don't want to be the the parent like oh that's your auntie and then like why well, why she ain't at none of the family events. Oh, that's your cousin. Why she ain't none of the family events? Why nobody know? I don't want to be that guy, right? So I don't bring people around them. Um, I didn't, like, I had made that up in my mind, you know, after I had got divorced. But once I went through the, the, the second and third adult relationship that I had, and I saw how it affected them, like, I just stopped bringing people around um, in general, whether I liked them or not, Right. Um, my second relationship, which is my oldest daughter's mom, right? I said this before. Her, her, her not wanting them around affected me because I wasn't sure how to handle and maneuver through being a single dad with custody and being in a relationship with somebody who don't want my kids around that I have custody of. And leaving any of my kids was, was out of the question, Right. And I knew at that point when that statement was made that that was going to be difficult on my kids. My kids was going to lose a, a, a sister. You know, I didn't know to what degree that it was going that it that was going to affect, but it did. And, you know, again, now I haven't seen my daughter and I don't know how long. And again, like, oh, it's my fault. You don't fight. You don't blah, blah, blah. You gave up on her. OK, whatever. I shouldn't have to fight. Right. Like why? Like like why? Why would you why would you have a kid with me if you if you don't fuck with my other? Kid? Yeah. So um, that was that experience. And I didn't think about how that was going to affect them when it happened, because, again, they weren't like around around her. But it affected them. Because now they're like, oh, we got a sister. And then it's like, oh, we don't we we don't. Right. And then my third relationship that I got into as an adult, like we were heavily in love, talking about getting married, like she was heavily involved in, in, in their life. I was heavily involved in her kid's life. 
And then her and I broke up and I wasn't allowed to see her kids. She moved, she moved on, got married, stuff like that. And, you know, my kids are sitting here, not saying that, that it's a competition of who kids was hurt the most or, or if any other kids was hurt, but all the kids were hurt. And so for them, they have an experience of a potential bad stepmom and then they have a potential good stepmom. Things didn't work and they fell in love with the concept and idea of who she was. And then her and I broke up and then they never seen her again. Right? So they deal they they went they went through they went through a situation with their mom leaving, them not being able to connect with my oldest daughter's mom to them, you know, us finding a good fit, like, oh, this works. That relationship breaking up. And so for them, it's like, nah, we good. We good. And I've respected that. I've been sitting my ass down. I ain't been like, I haven't even mentioned like anything to them uh, up until recently. But now it's like, uh, I don't know, Pop. Like, uh, let's, you, you, you enjoy that first. They're older now. So so now like their their opinions of their mother, their opinions of my other two relationships, it's an open. And just trying to maneuver through that and explain to them like y'all are on my nerves. Cause I don't I don't think about being alone. I don't think about none of that until they piss me off. Like until they push me into the darkness, then I start thinking about all the happiness I don't have, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because they they my kids. I don't like I, I'm not giving up on them. I, I don't I I don't have the luxury of getting a break nor giving up on them because their other parent beat me to it. Not even saying that I want to, but if I give up on who I, uh, I am to them, then they have nobody. And so that's been a struggle on my mental, just like trying to get them to understand, like, like I'm, I'm prepared. I've prepared myself for partnership. Since I was a child, that I wanted to be a good husband and a good father. That's that's what it was. Everything else came second. And so as I'm going through life and these things are happening and I have to have these conversations with them, it gets it gets hectic and it, it gets really heavy on my mental. And um, I just had enough. I just I, I just really I, I had enough of feeling like I have to continue to put my happiness to the side to make them happy when they don't even care for real. They don't treat, they don't, they don't get at me like they care. And again, it goes back to what I, what I, uh, um, I always tell them like, it's, it's, it's not your fault that you didn't, you weren't taught how to love me outside of my discipline of you. Your other parent was supposed to teach you that. But that time has come and gone. So now we got to learn together. But I can't be the only one trying to learn. I can't be the only one trying to teach because I'm a strong believer in you got to teach me how you want me to maneuver around you. As long as it don't go against my morals, as long as it's not something that's going to put me in jail, like I'm, a, I'm going to accept whatever it is that you need me to do if I want to be around you. And they are my children and I want to be around them. So I go out of my way. The problem is they weren't taught how to do the same. So I'm having to teach in real time and it's frustrating. And it's difficult. And I don't want a partner to, you know, replace my kid or my kids. I just think it's time for me to for real have partnership. Like when I say I set my ass down, like not many people could do this. And I was a habitual uh, dater. And not even a dater, like I'm talking like I'm a habitual uh, uh, boyfriend. I used to be. Like I said before, if we gone by, if I told people we don't go together no more, I go with a lot of people. 
because of the way you treated me, because of the things that you said, because of the ways that you behave, my mind said, oh, you already broke up with me. You already left this this situation. You already are done with this. So so why am I still here allowing abuse? So I sat down and I took time to to make sure that I was healed in that way, to make sure all of that uh, uh, residual love for my ex was burnt out. That residual care, that residual, I'll, ju I'll jump off a bridge for you. I'll run through a brick wall. I sat down to make sure, I'm, did I just have the preacher breath? Excuse me. I don't know if I was trying to burp or what. Bro was about to be like, ah. Um, but I had to make sure that that was, that was all burnt out of me. And so along with me, you know, healing because I've been on this on this process before Kennedy passed. It's just that when she passed, it opened up an emotional door for everything to fall out at once. And I had to check myself. And it was so much of it. I'm like, nope, can't do it. Got to sit down. I got to make sure that I take priority. Uh, I got to prioritize the trauma so that I can try to heal the thing that needs to be healed right now. And I started to realize that I was unable to, to heal properly until I start loving myself. Good, bad, or ugly. Until I started really focusing on loving me, I could not get through a lot of things. I was so worried about who did it, why they did it, how they did it, when they did it smack it up, flip it, rub it. Like, I just was so worried about all of that. Instead of worrying about healing myself so that I can get clarity and understanding. Like, we're so worried about uh, the cliche of loving yourself, but it's not, it, it's not a cliche. It's a paradigm shift. And it's something that we have to understand. Like, you, you, have you ever noticed that when you, for real, for real, embrace self-love, and I mean hardcore, I love myself regardless, your taste in things change. Your taste in people, places, like it, it's not the same anymore. You no longer want to hang with the same people, eat the same foods, be in the same um, spaces that you, that you used to, Right? You start to find yourself drawn to, to people you normally wouldn't be interested in. You normally wouldn't give the time of day. I'm a person that since I was little, like I don't, I'm not a, um, I'm not a person who cares about looks, right? But I do have a physical type. My physical type has always come back to bite me, right? I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't care. Because now I'm on this idea of maybe I need to, I need to open my mind to things that I, I wouldn't have before. Maybe I should alter a little bit, you know, what, what is important to me, right? Is super thickness, uh... Super thickness, long hair, cook it like, 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 am, am I worried about that for real? Am I like, or am I worried about my health? Am I worried about my mental? Am I worried about if you care about my kids? Am I worried about if you um, are capable of being a, a good bonus, right? We get so lost in what we attracted to visually and sexually, and we lose out on the thing that we really need to thrive. I said last week, we got to stop chasing wants out the window when needs is right there at the door. Because if you start dealing with needs enough, you'll start to be able to create wants within that life. Right? You'll be able to create the wants from, from those needs, meaning, you know, the extras. But we so busy chasing, you know, what society tells us is beautiful. We're so busy chasing what we what we think people want to see from us instead of what we see. I know so many people who deal with relationships for the visual visual aspect and they're miserable mentally. They're, they're miserable. 
because there's a lack of love and understanding within themselves that they're going to keep on doing that. I used, I'm, and I'm telling you that from experience. I used to do that shit. Oh, my girl, thick. Oh, my girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. Like, what that mean? Eventually, everybody's metabolism is going to slow down. Um, everybody not, you know, capable of holding a, a solid, you know, stature. But again, who defines what that stature is supposed to be? Beauty is perspective. Love is perspective. Like is perspective. Me and I, I have a best friend, right? I have a best friend, and him and I grew up together. And he, our taste is completely different, right? He's always dated baddies, like boom. And I'm talking, I'm I'm talking what society will say was is fine girls, right? He knows that I don't even care about none of that because you could look like whatever you look like. But to me, you're going to be the baddest thing out there because how you handle me emotionally, how you handle me mentally. And so many people are scared to be in that space because of societal standards, because they lack the, the love of themselves to stand on accountability and say, you know what? I need this person for who she is. I need this person for who he is, not for what he looks like, not for money, not for stature, but this person gives something to me that is beneficial to me. Until I start really loving on me and really breaking down the accountability, really start breaking down what love is and what it means to me, I was stuck in a cycle of just chasing what's, what I felt like society wanted me to be a part of. One thing I could say about, you know, uh, the last relationship that I was in, I loved that girl. It took me two years to get over her, and I learned a lot from her, right? And I, and, and I learned a lot from that situation, but that shit hurt so bad, and it sat me down. But it made me think about so much more, and it made me be strong enough to be interested in loving myself first. And I started to see how my taste in people started to change. And I'm not even talking about romantic. I'm talking about friendship. Like certain jokes are just, it's weird. And I, it, I don't even really think it has nothing to do with age. Certain jokes just not funny to me. Certain foods is just not funny to me. Certain ideas are just not cool with me. I don't, I don't belong there. I'm too old to be going to places and, and living in spaces I don't belong in. I'm too, I'm, I'm too old for that. I fought too hard. And so being able to love yourself, it creates the strength that you need to be able to evolve into what you're trying to evolve into. Excuse me. You have to be able to stand on an island by yourself and be okay with whatever comes with that if it means sanity. If it means peace, if it means love, until you are able to uh, be in the mix of things and receive the things that you need to receive, like you got to fix yourself. That's like why it was important for me to have the conversation with the kids, because before I wouldn't have this conversation because I was still on revenge. I was still on. I just got to get the hose. I was still on, I don't even really care for real about, you know, uh, being with anybody or not, because I've already told myself, look, if I'm not with somebody by a certain age, then this is just what it's going to be. I'm going to be for the fucking streets. I have no problem with that. I'll get the OnlyFans popping uh, again. I'll start uh, selling my nudes again. Like, I'll just, I'll get it going. It took a lot for me to sit still. It took a lot for me to take accountability with with how I love because it's not cool. I like, I used to be unconditional. I used to be like, 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 but for real, <laughs> like, like for real, like you could do whatever. I talked about it again last week. I talked about it, how a lot of us, we in that, we, we are in that, uh, uh, abusive mind state to where as long as a person don't hit us, we think it's okay. I wasn't saying that, about nobody else. I wasn't saying that to y'all. I was saying that because I, I lived in that. 
for a very long time. But then I had to sit my ass on the island. That's why I'm so comfortable in isolation because I know who there. I know who put in the work to, to stand there. I know that I won't be in that on that island alone because I know the work that I put in to, to do what I need to do. You start to realize that, you know, things that used to offer you comfort, they're no longer comfortable. The things that, that used to grant you peace now do nothing but give you chaos. It doesn't make you better than anybody. It doesn't it like I, like I hate that that is always the thing when people are trying to heal and they start realizing that certain things aren't meant for them. Like they get judged and, and made fun of like, oh, you think you're better than us? Da, 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 da. Oh, you don't want to eat like this. You don't want to drink. You don't want like you don't want to do those things no more. Oh, you think you're this. And it's like, nah, like I have my fun drinking. I have my fun smoking. I have my fun being a hoe. I have my, my fun. I had my fun laughing at those type of jokes that were inappropriate. I had my fun. But it doesn't fit me now. Because whoever that was is not the person that I want to be. Because it's not beneficial. The stress that came from it fucked with my health. The trauma and triggers add to the anxiety, add to the depression. And the whole while we have the master key to everything, which is self-love and accountability, and nobody wants to stand on it. Nobody, like, nobody wants, everybody wants to blame. Everybody wants to be loved by everybody but themselves. We find ourselves in this, this, we find ourselves in this daily war of trying to find comfort in places that there is no comfort and trying to find peace in places there is no peace because we haven't done the work on ourselves enough to, to respect the land of peace, of comfort because we don't want to we don't want to grow. We're scared. It's scary out there. When I first started isolating, it was the scariest thing I think I've ever experienced. Not even that I had people that was heavily involved in my life or heavily helping me with anything, but just the idea of, man, I got to, I got to figure this shit out. If this means I can't talk to certain people and do certain things, I have to do this for myself. Because I need it. I don't like feeling like this mentally. I don't like feeling like this physically. And so I started this for myself. Like I said, when Kennedy passed, it just opened up so much more. It just opened up way more than, than, than what I was expecting. And I had to understand, like, like, when you start healing for real, this is what you learn, right? You learn that you are the value. You're the value. It's not too cheap, it's not too expensive, it's not ugly, it's not cute, it's not big, it's not small. You are the value. You dictate what is what for you. You just have to be strong enough to stand on it and don't let nobody deter your mental and make you feel away because that's not what everybody is doing. That's when we lose. When we know what's right, when we feel what's right, but we so scared that everybody's going to be like, nah, I don't like that. Nah, uh, look at him with her. Uh, look at her with him. How they get together. Uh, why he got that job. Why he got that car. Why she do this. And it's just like, no. At what point do you say, nah, enough is enough. This is what I want for me. When we was younger, um, my friends used to be like, man, peanut proud. And what that meant is that I was either dating or doing something that my friends wouldn't dare not because I'm any better than them, but because their perspective is different. I was always proud to be with whoever I was with. I was always proud of whatever job that I was doing. I would, like I used to be in the marching band, right? Kid in the hood playing the trumpet. You gonna get them jokes? I was proud of that. You would nobody was stopping me from playing the trumpet. The only reason why I don't play trumpet full time today is because it interfered with sports and. My parents wasn't having it. But none of that stuff 
that everybody was into, I, I, I looked at it differently. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with the shits. Yeah. But my perspective is, is, is different. My understanding is different. Even before I started a healing journey, I've always been a person who... I've always been a person who saw things on a deeper level. I'm not a surface person. That's why I hurt so heavily when I'm hurt. That's why I, I like when I when I'm angry. That's why it's immediate rage because I, I'm a little bit different than other people. I'm not looking at the surface. Like I told my kids yesterday, you're getting this anger because I watched you disrespect my peace. You're not just, I'm not just yelling or I'm not just talking to you aggressive on some uh, bully type stuff. You've been disrespecting my peace. You've been disrespecting my love. You've been disrespecting my understanding. And I just been letting you because I don't want to I don't want to create that energy in my house. But now because you're not understanding the gentleness of my love, now you have to feel the wrath of your father. And so I told them, I'm like, yo, y'all can pack it up. Like, I'll pack it up. I ain't keeping you here. You always have a place here, but trust, I'm not, like, you, by, by no means are you a prisoner here. By no means are you a prisoner here. But like, as you're going through the stuff, you start to realize the things that, uh, like I said, offer you comfort no longer provide the benefit required to grow. And once you start feeling that, all right, I'm not going to be able to grow from this situation, from this person, from this thing. I'm not going to uh, uh, grow being in continuous contact with this thing. Like, I got to figure it out. Like, we, we, we get lost in this uh, solution paradox where we, we catch ourselves pointing out a problem that we already have the answer to. We'll keep picking at that problem. We already got the answer to it. It's a curious thing that arises when self-love interacts or intersects with our desire to be heard. We'll discuss why this happens and the importance of recognizing when we are stuck in this loop. The solution paradox, it's, it's, it's real. And we have to start getting a hold of it. And it, it's unlocked when you start really believing in yourself and you start really wanting to be better for yourself. And whatever better is, I'm not saying, you know, because uh, I mentioned drinking, smoking, being a hoe, yada, yada, whatever. I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm not, I'm not seeing that at all. In the context of those things, if those things are part of what make you happy and what in, in, you can do it peacefully. Do that. But still find accountability in it. Still find love in yourself to figure out how to maneuver uh, through it properly. Like we have to get out of this, uh, this. We have to get out of this cycle. And deal with this paradox properly. And we get stuck in this because it's lack of recognition. Right. That's one part of it. You, there's la it's lack of recognition. Um. People may be aware that a solution has been proposed or implemented. Communication breaks down or insufficient uh, dissemination of information can contribute to this. My kids understand what I'm saying, but they don't recognize it because I'm not on their ass about me dating. I'm not on their ass being mean about cleaning up. I'm, I'm not I'm not on them like that. I just don't feel like I should be. They have the solution right there. They're 100% aware of the solution of the situation, but they don't want to do it. And that's fine for them, but I can't let them alter my peace, alter my mental because they don't want to, they don't want to listen. Right. We are, we like, there's lack of recognition and then, excuse me, there's resistance to change. I deal with this a lot with people at work. Even if a solution exists, individuals or groups may resist implementing it due to a various reason, uh, such as fear of the unknown, inertia, or attachment to established routines. I'm literally going through this with my job right now where I keep pointing out issues and they see that 
Like I'm, I'm pointing out issues with solutions and they see that the solutions are effective, but they don't want to do them one because they didn't come up with the solution and two, because they try to make it a money thing. Oh, it's going to cost this much money to implement this, that, and the other. But the reality of it is, is that they're scared. The reality of it is, is like for me, like my biggest thing is like, I'm going to be in love. I'm scared. I want to be in a relationship. I am terrified. Every single time I open my heart, it gets stomped on. It's going to take the right person to step in to 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 uh, uh, to create immediate safety. That's my biggest thing. That's my, like my biggest thing is just feeling safe. If I don't feel safe, um, nothing else fucking matters. And I know that sounds crazy as a man in a relation. Like if like. Yeah, a man is supposed to be a protector. I don't believe in 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 traditional ways of life, meaning that you post a, you you are supposed to provide safety for me as well, in whatever capacity that that means, right? And if you are resistant to that change, then that's going to be a problem. If I'm resistant to the change necessary for for me to move forward, that's going to be a problem. There, the solution is right there. I can't be prideful. Rather, like I have, a, I have a policy in my house with my kids, right? If we getting into it, and I see that it's about to go somewhere, I dead it, and I'll be like, no, no, no. Listen, I'll say my best shit. And my kids know they got one response. They got one response. And if that response does not alter our collective emotions, that shit did because I got teenagers that, you know, they're as tall as me. They're not like I'm I'm stalky, but they ripped, right? We gonna take it outside? Or are we gonna we're gonna be peaceful? Right. And I try not to change too much of their regimen or routine um, so that they'll understand, because I know how it is when with me, like my job is the only place where I tolerate um, change at the level that it's done. And that's because, I mean, I can't even say tolerate, but I got to pay bills. I got to put food on the table, keep clothes on their back, yada, yada, whatever. But we, in our own life, in the plan that we have sent to the universe, the plan that we are a part of uh, throughout the universe, we have to stop being resistant to change if it is change that is necessary for us to be better to ourselves, to others. We have to be able to do that. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting positive change. I'm just not. I don't I don't care who came up with the idea. I don't care. I don't care who initiated it first. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not fighting or resisting positive change. Just not. Because for why? A lot of us, we get locked in this loop and 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 don't want to, you know, be accountable and stuff um, because we feel like or we keep repeating ourselves or keep revisiting this relationship, this friendship, this thing, because to us, it's an incomplete solution. To us, we feel like the proposed solution may not be fully addressed and the issue at hand, um, it leads to a need of further discussion and refinement. A lot of times that shit, everything was said. It ain't nothing to revisit. It's, there is nothing to re-talk about. There is nothing to spin the block on. It's nothing. A lot of times. We don't know that, though. We're so fucking scared of new. We're so insanely terrified of new things that we keep telling ourselves, oh, well, we need closure. So let's go pick at that thing. Hey, big kid. What you doing? What you got going on? Just to see if they answer. Like in old pictures, just to see if they they going to text and be like, yo, why you why you on my page? It's complete. Yeah, they did what they did. That's why y'all not together. They said what they said. That's why that's why the friendship is, is fractured and un unrepairable. 
They don't care about certain things. That's why you have to create your own family, right? And again, this is, this is, I swear this was one of the, the craziest things that, and most profound things to my energy. When I started to be hurt, but didn't feel like a response was needed. When I started to feel disrespect, but it wasn't a disrespect in, in a way of, uh, of responding and violence. It was like, oh, okay, cool. You might be going through something. Or, or, and a lot of us have trouble with this, or you just don't fuck with me for real. And now it's coming to light. And now I'm just now seeing it for real. Like, oh, my bad. Like, I didn't see it before, right? It didn't, it's a fly in here, and it's, like, getting on my nerves. Um, I didn't see it before. See, I don't be getting mad at people no more for what they say to me, what they do to me, because it's a me thing having to understand, oh, you held them at a standard that didn't exist. You thought because you felt this way, right? It goes back to that thing of... Um, I'm your best friend, but you're not my best friend. Remember that when we were kids? Like, you would swear somebody, like, in your mind, that is my dog. Like, we ride or die. And they're like, fam, I just kind of see you at school, and you just kind of won't stop playing with me. That's how, it, that's how it be when you, when you have to, or when you keep forcing yourself to not accept the solution for what it is. It's complete. There is nothing else in there. But there's so much ego in us that we feel like we can change. Like, oh my God, I used to be that. I used to think, oh my, well, hold on, I'm about, I'm, let, me, let me get debonair on him. I'm about to give you my best poem. I'm about to give you my best 16 because I'm about to fix this. And for me, it's like, that's fucked up because I wasn't the fucking problem. So not only did you, did you have me out here looking dumb as fuck in general because of the relationship, but I'm looking dumb as fuck trying to repair something I didn't break. Understand, you have to get out of that paradox. The solution is it's complete. You heard it, right? You felt it, right? I know it hurts. I know. Go cry, because I did. And let me tell you something. Between crying and meditating, like, it saved a lot of people's lives. It, it saved me from going to jail. Like, when I, I'm done. All that spinning the block shit is over. If you're not offering anything new, like I, I friendship, relationship, I can't for what? And that's what I'm trying to show the kids, like, be for real, right? Like it's it's right there. Be accountable. Love on yourself enough that you can open up all of these uh areas of your mind that you can get through and get out of this paradox. Um, a lot of times we run back to, you know, to these we we run back to the idea of reopening and, and fixing a situation um, because it's just our nature. In some cases, issues may resurface due to changing circumstances and sometimes what seemed like a solution is, is no longer effective. I think that is the one thing of all uh, uh, of all five of these things. I think there's one more. Yeah, there's one more. But there, like this part of not being so hard on yourself because you thought you had a solution, but the playing field changed. Right? Even if it changes by you know, by something slight, it still changed and you still have to, you still have to be able to accept the answer. Traumas and trigger, like traumas are going to resurface until the day that you die. They are. It'd be certain things that'll happen. Like I was talking, excuse me. I was talking to my girl the other day, right? And she's like, I had did something. I did something and it was wrong. Uh, I had made a mistake and something that I got, whatever, whatever. And 
I'm like, yo, is this the is is this the right thing like to to get? And she's like, nah. She like and and she's telling me, uh, I'm like, dang, I thought I thought this was the right one. And I, she has no idea that I'm so used to people talking crazy to me for making mistakes. She has no idea, and she's like, nah, I see you. Like, that's not the right one, but that was a good attempt. This is what you're looking for. Boom, 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 boom. And then we left it at that. But she had no idea. I'm on, a, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side crying. Like, really on some, oh, shit. That was the first time in real time a trauma of mine or a trigger of mine was able to be decimated right there. And I'm so used to, if I make a mistake, friend, relationship, anybody like it's like you're wrong like it's heavy heavy on the wrong very light on the you did good so she's like nah like you did good she's like i see you i'm proud of you ma'am don't don't tell me that like when people like when people say they're proud of me when people say i see you when people are like like just respective of the attempt of me trying to do the right thing. And I'm not, and this is not what this is. Hold on. First of all, I'm not saying trying to do the right thing. Like on some movie, like, Oh, I love you. And I'm doing you dirty. And now I'm trying to do the right thing. I mean like just regular life, uh, life stuff. Right. But even if it was something serious, like, nah, see me because you're, cause you're going to tell me I'm wrong. You're going to tell me I'm bad, but just in that moment of that trigger resurfacing over something small, right? Like it should be small, but it was so big to me because I thought that I had messed up this order and I'm less like, oh my God, like it, here it goes. And when the response was not that, like the trigger was, I was like, oh, that's how that feels. To be able to make a mistake and still be respected Especially when it's not something that's that's life or death. And that's something that we have to uh, we have to realize that things are going to continue to come back. Um, I'm a strong believer that you'll be tested with with the things you need to be tested with your entire life. Until you beat those things. Right. We get lost in this paradox, too, because there is a lack of accountability. I like I'm never going to not talk about accountability. There may be a lack of accountability or follow-up mechanisms to ensure that a proposed solution or solutions are implemented and are producing the desired result. My kids right now, they have a lack of accountability. They're taking this issue with their mom and making it like they're so distraught and emotional that accountability doesn't apply to them. And it does. It, it accountability will always exist. It will always be priority in this household. Yeah, you're hurt. Yeah, you're bothered and stuff like that. But guess what? So am I. I didn't sign up to be a single parent. I didn't sign up to be solely responsible for y'all financially. I didn't sign up to not date nobody in, in eight years. I didn't sign up to have to put food on your bed. Well, I did sign up for that, but I didn't sign up for a lot of shit. But guess what? It's here now and it's my responsibility and I got to stand on and be accountable. I don't, I don't want to go to work every day, but y'all need food. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be by myself, but y'all be so annoyed that, or, or not even annoyed, y'all, y'all so, y'all have so much, so bad uh, separation anxiety that it's not, it don't be worth it a lot of times for, for me to even press certain things. But we stay in that paradox because nobody wants to get real with themselves. Nobody wants to believe in themselves. Like, really think about what accountability and self-love is. It's really, for real, locking in with yourself and just standing on who you are without a shadow of a doubt. We be, we be getting lost in enjoying the fucking problem, and it's a solution right there, and it makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. Like, we be ignoring solutions, honestly, because...
comfortable with the problem. We try to make ourselves believe that it's a challenge. Oh, that's a challenge. I'm a, I'm a, no, that is a problem that you have an answer to and you're making it worse, being delusional, trying to reword it, refix it, redo this, redo that, say this, say, no, you have the solution right there. You're just scared because that solution might put you on an island by yourself. You're scared because you never had to walk by yourself. You always had somebody next to you. Life ain't about always having a passenger with you. You gotta, you, if you don't know how to walk by yourself, don't fucking invite nobody in your car. Stop trying to get a ride everywhere. Figure shit out. And I'm talking about that metaphorically. Stop allowing people space in your brain. Stop allowing people space in your heart if you're not ready. I'll be damned if you love me more than me. I'll be damned if you have to tell me uh, my accountability more than I stand on my own accountability. Because if I can't do that, what are you here for? Why am I allowing you in if I can't? Like, I love me so much that I'm going to know when you're loving me wrong. And the moment you start loving me wrong is the moment I'm going to get the fuck away from you. We're so scared to live like that. We're so scared. Like I, I said it once, I said it a million times, the worst thing that could have ever happened to me and the best thing, because it really gave me a boost of self-confidence, right? Was me effectively being a single parent. When I realized that I was able to, to, to raise these four kids, she ain't on child support. I don't bother her about child support. Um, I don't bother her. I don't bother her about nothing, if I'm being honest. When I, when, when I felt in my soul, like, bro, you did it. You got it. Because my kids, they, they, they started, and I don't want to say started, because, again, this is me bigging me up, not putting her down. Okay? I want that to be clear, because that's not... That's not my get down. But what I do know is under under my leadership, my kids have never missed an honor roll. They have hella citizenship and in, in, in um, characteristic awards. Me, I did that. I was the example for that. I did that. That was the worst thing that could ever happen to me because it created a level of accountability that, I, that didn't exist before. It created a level of, I got this, that didn't exist before. Because that's the one thing that, that's the one thing that has always been on my mind as a result to this entire ordeal is making sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing for them and I'm being an example for them. I don't want them to go out and, and live off of societal standards. I don't want them to go off and um, be who they're not supposed to be trying to live up to what's outside. We have to learn how to love beyond societal boundaries. We have to be able to, to get to the point to where we're important to us. Because society often dictates who we should love and how we should love, how we should express love. That's not healthy. I don't care how you slice it. I don't care how you slice it. Us living in, in a world of I'm a date who you date or the type of person that you date or the type of person you think I should date. And you have no idea what I need. And I'm talking from scratch. I'm not even talking about us people who've been married before and looking now. I'm talking about from scratch. We immediately go by what society says it should be. Nobody is dating for love, for real. Everybody is dating to, to be a show. It is the Truman Show for everybody right now. And it's imperative that we get out of that, that mind state and start to believe in ourselves. It's important. It's, it really is. I, I can't I can't stress self-love and accountability enough. Um, today, we 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 explored the effects of self-love and our tastes, problem solving tendencies in relationships.
I want y'all to remember the journey to loving yourself is everlasting and ongoing. And it's okay to embrace the change. Y'all got to remember, we got to go through something to get somewhere. And I'm glad y'all able to do that with me. Thank you for tuning in to the pod. Head over to www.peacefulsaw.com for all things complex and your poetic property merch. If you want to donate to the podcast, head over to Good Pods. It's an app for uh, podcast hosts and listeners. Very great uh, app to have. You can interact with your uh, favorite host real time. You can rate the episodes. You can even leave a tip. If you want to donate to the business overall, head over to my Twitter, The Complex. There is a tip jar over there as well. If you are someone who likes, comments, and shares, I truly appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. I do hope that these sessions um, help you if you ever want to have a conversation or, um, you know, just need to get stuff off your chest or you have a solution for anything that, you know, you hear me talking about. Go ahead and, and DM or leave comments or what have you. Um, again, all things complex at www.peacefullyflawed.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I want you to understand that as long as you have air in you, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Peace.